Well, hello and welcome to the August 2016 edition of the Archives of Disease in Childhood Education and Practice podcast. This is Ian Wacone again. So, I'd like to be able to tell you that the creation of every issue of the journal and the decisions which articles next to which is this sort of loving process where we pour hours of thought and reflection to try and make the correct links and contrasts between different articles. I'd like to tell you that, but I'm afraid it simply isn't true. Harvey Markovich, who was an editor-in-chief until the early noughties, told me of having the entire journal printed out and spread around his house in the pre-electronic days. This was before we did electronic handling of the manuscripts also. And I could quite believe that this was a very creative process. However, what happens for me is that one of the production team in the office makes up an issue from the papers that we need to get into from online into print. I take a careful look and try to ensure that there's no glaring errors or omissions. I might make a few suggestions about moving papers from one issue to another if things feel a bit unbalanced. And so that makes it all the more pleasing when, as in the August issue, we get three papers in a row which appear to tell a story. So Anna Banifestock wrote to me a little while ago with her New Year's resolution, and I won't tell you which year. She'd resolved to write about compassion and how to maintain it, and the article which she co-authored with Fiona Finlay appears in this month's journal. During the creation and shaping of this article, the authors shared, as they do in this paper, some ideas that they use as a team as compassion chargers. I expressed a bit of cynicism handling this paper as the editor, not about the process, but about how well I would cope with some of their specific suggestions. I don't think I'd get on with some of the things that they find recharging of their compassion. So they challenged me back, and they said they'd even include an extra column in the third table of their article if I could describe my own rechargers. I have to say I failed to provide this, so I feel a little honour bound to mention some of those things here but I'll do that at the end of this podcast. The next paper, Jessica Turnbull and Michael Farquhar, discuss in their paper that thing which I think perhaps most swiftly erodes my personal ability for compassion and indeed rational thought most comprehensively, and that's sleep, or rather the lack of it. Supporting children in getting a good night's sleep is of tremendous value. We've all seen that family where everyone is sleep-deprived as a consequence of the littlest member of the household, or another member of the household for that matter, having disrupted sleep. Sleep issues ripple outwards. They don't just affect the index case. I have to also remind myself of the promises that I make to myself in the daylight, for example, not to eat too much cake on a late shift, only to see my best intentions dissolve in the context of a rumbling tummy at midnight. This paper is a treasure trove of helpful and sensible advice for parents, and for this, I'm making it this month's editor's choice. I have to add, actually, I pretty much stole an entire box full of the information from this paper and put it in a recent patient letter. Leonora Vile, Claire Lima and Ronnie Chung, in the third of this thrown-together triplet, look at how paediatricians can contribute to public health. I mean, it's easy to assume that we can't influence the public health and that the individual messages we share are not heeded. So sometimes I'll spend time discussing healthy eating with a family whose child is the lightning rod or index case for their shared obesity. I'll finish the consultation, dictate my letter, spot a little gap in the clinic and nip to buy a quick coffee, only to spot the same family buying crisps and chocolate ahead of me in the queue. But is that public health? 
and should my feelings of uselessness in this situation mean that I have nothing to contribute to public health? These authors feel not, and they make a convincing argument that we should be involved. There is an irony, of course, in Violet Al's timing of their chosen quote from Don. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. And that irony brings me back to my earlier question, what renews my own personal balance? It feels rather odd talking about this now. Remember that the whole journal takes a couple of months to get into print. So if I can tell you that I put this together on June the 24th, 2016, and that I'm feeling quite discombobulated, you might be able to work out why, as well as a little of my politics. But what I'll do is that I'll recharge by spending some time with my family and some time trying to figure out what unusual ways I can make to fit pieces of wood together and perhaps get a little lost in the book. I'd be interested to hear if any of you ever find reading education and practice recharging. Anyway, I'm always happy to hear from you, but do enjoy the issue.